Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. If you could open up your book of life to Acts chapter 16, please. Acts chapter 16, uh, verse beginning with verse 35. And you guys can, girls can put up the map if you would like, please. The book of Acts, the books, book of the Holy Spirit. So... We've been traveling with uh, Paul and Silas throughout different parts of the world. And um, we saw last time that Timothy joined up with Paul and Silas. And then we remember the dream, the Macedonian call that Paul had to give him a more pinpoint direction where to go. So he went to Macedonia. There he met Lydia and he baptized her and a church broke out in Philippi and he also was beaten there along with Silas and put in prison. And we're going to see that a little bit, bit uh, the finish of that tonight. And then we saw that the Philippian jailer was saved as a result of Paul following the lead of the Holy Spirit, even though at times he was going through some trials and tribulation. So we are going to pick up on verse 35 tonight. And it says, And when it was day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. Well, we finished last time with the terrible beating that Paul and Silas received at the hands of these officers. So now, during the daytime, the magistrates, who are the civic commanders or the governor, sent the officers... And we also told you how they went through the town wheeling a wagon. And in that wagon were rods and there was an axe. And they would, uh, that was justice on wheels. They could perform uh, justice right there on the street. They could decapitate somebody. They could beat people like they did with Paul and Silas if they broke the law. But if you remember... Back at the start of uh, chapter 16, if you were here, I said, remember that Paul and Silas are Roman citizens. And that's going to come into play as we progress here in the end of chapter 16. So the officers, who I also call the rod bearers, the ones who have the rods that can do the beatings, said to the jailer, let these guys go. 
So the keeper of the prison who had received the Lord, along with his whole household, Paul and Silas led them to Jesus, reported these words to uh, Paul, and they said, you know, the magistrates are letting you go. You're free to go. So go in peace. Well, knowing Paul, he's not a guy that was going to go without teaching a lesson. He had a lesson to teach. And that lesson was a couple fold there. There's a couple reasons that he wanted to stay. So in 37, he says, well, these guys beat us and we're uncondemned Romans. Now, remember, they're in, they were in Philippi, which is a Roman colony, meaning all the laws of Rome are the same here in this colony, even though it's thousands of miles away. So Paul says, well, they beat us in the open. We're uncondemned Romans. This is the first time he's thrown that out there to them. They didn't know that. And they've thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, let them come. Let these officers come. Let these magistrates come and get us out. And then Paul and Silas actually went back into the prison. Remember, they were at the officer's house. They go back into the prison along with the other prisoners that were also set free. So Paul was covering some bases. He didn't want the jailer who had just come to the Lord and his family to be punished. But he also had a lesson to teach these people in this Roman colony. Because there were believers now in that Roman colony. And some of them were Romans. And he wanted to make sure that this would never, ever happen again, especially because there was now going to be a thriving church there. And he's basically sending a message. Don't mess with any of these Roman Christians. Because I'm letting you off the hook. And you might be saying, well, how is Paul letting them off the hook? Well, if the governor heard that he was a Roman citizen, the people who punished Paul and Silas would be executed. They were under the penalty of death because they did not give a Roman citizen a trial. They just found them guilty because of the, the mob, the riot that broke out because of who they were. For you and I, it's very important to realize that truth will eventually come out, whether it's in this life or the next. Of course, we would love to see it in our lifetime. But even if we don't, we have to remember that God, who is truth, as Jesus said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Truth will eventually win out. There's a thing that's known as the law of the inevitable consequences. And there's this guy, Lord Byron. He was an English poet. And he said he died at 30 years old. He was very promiscuous, uh, just lived how he wanted to live. And he died at a very young age because of his lifestyle. He said this, the thorns which I have reaped are of the tree I planted. They have torn me and I bleed. I should have known what fruit would spring from such a seed.
And I was just thinking how, you know, we reap what we sow. You know, and that's, that's something that God has written into our universe. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 11 to 14, it says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And Paul was doing this. He was showing the injustice. He was showing the unfairness of what a mob can bring about in a society. And um, I learned something from Pastor Joe. Well, I learned more than one thing from Pastor Joe. But I learned from Pastor Joe this statement of facts before acts. You know, I, I would have got a lot less technicals when I was a basketball coach if I applied what Pastor Joe taught me. Facts before acts. So here is... Uh, a colony that really didn't check out the facts before they acted. And as a result of acting prematurely, they were in a lot of trouble. But fortunately, Paul and Silas did show them mercy. Verse 12 of Ephesians 5 says, For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed and are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Going back to our text in Acts 16, 38, it says, and the officers told these words to the magistrates that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Then they came and they pleaded and they begged with them and they brought them out. And asked them to depart from the city. Verse 40. So they went out of the prison. And entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren. They encouraged them. And departed. So what was going on was. In Lydia's house there was a home church. It was a home Bible study. This is where the believers were now meeting. The believers that have come to the faith. Through Paul and Silas's evangelism. So where it says, and when they had seen the brethren, that was their congregation. They were having church in this house. But what great things that they brought, because here they are still ripped open with the beatings that they took. They still have the wounds. But now they were led out by the magistrates, which was basically saying, these men were innocent. They were tried unjustly. Because Paul did not want them to be looked at as criminals. You know, they came in with good news of the gospel. And here they were beaten and tried. But the officer has led them out. Which was, I'm sure in that house, a moment of celebration. Of rejoicing. Of giving God thanks for what he had done. Not only had people come to salvation... But a message was being sent to this area of the world that didn't know the gospel. Things were happening. The, the title of my message tonight is, um, They Had Been With Jesus. Anybody who's been with Jesus, including yourself, things take place. Things happen. 
things that are supernatural occur, whether you're aware of that or not. People are influenced. People are touched. You're put in situations and opportunities. We get to look back hundreds of years, thousands of years ago to see men and women who knew Jesus and what took place, whether it be the jailer and his whole household saved and baptized, whether it be Lydia down by the lake with her friends coming to know the Lord, whether it be a demon-possessed girl who was freed of that demon. These were the people that started coming to that home group, to that church. Most likely, they came because there was no born-again church back there. Remember, in Philippi, there was no synagogue. But we'll see in some of the cities we're going to study tonight, there are some synagogues. Philippians, the book of Philippians, and first and second Thessalonians that Paul wrote to the people that he visited. If I could have that map again, please. So when Paul was in Philippi, you're going to see the uh, route he takes up in here. This is where he was beaten, and this is where we're talking about. But then he's going to travel through these different cities. And then Paul's going to end up coming all the way down to Athens. But right now, the book of Philippians, the book of 1 and 2 Thessalonians, this is where Paul is getting his information. This is where he's writing back to these churches the things that he's being shown by the Lord. And some of them are going through that experience. But what's so awesome is that the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was with Paul and Silas and the and all the ladies and all the people that they're meeting, is the same Holy Spirit that ministers to you and me here in Jamesburg. No different. And the same thing he's accomplishing in their lives, he accomplishes here. We had a staff meeting before this, and I was just thinking by some of the things that Pastor Joe said. I'm just thinking how blessed we've been over the years in this church. I know some of you are new and some of you have been here a while, but just think about it for a minute. How Jesus has blessed this church. And how often we might take it for granted. How special a place that God has made this because of His presence, because of the teaching of His Word, because of the worship of the one and only God. And the people that we've met over the years. And some of those people have gone on to be with the Lord. And some people have gone on to other parts of the state or out of state. But we are real fortunate, aren't we, to uh, have a place like this to call our home. To know that you're going to hear God's word. That people are going to care when you're going through difficulties or hardships. And I was just thinking how Paul, with that passion, that he would go thousands and thousands of miles to areas he never went before just to bring the people that same Jesus, that same Holy Spirit that he had back in his home, that he wanted other people to have the same experience. And as a result of that, 
of people just reacting to the move of God's Holy Spirit, God's word has spread all around the continent. And it's gone full circle. It's covered every place. And we often kid on the staff that is, is today the rapture of the church? And sometimes we're surprised if we get to teach up here again. And some people say, why, you, why do you always mention the rapture? Or, because that's our blessed hope. This world is not getting any better, is it? It's getting darker, but Jesus is shining brighter. Jesus is moving among the kids, the teens, millennials, the older people. There's a remnant of believers that shine and brightly for Christ. And Paul, who's going to visit these areas, Thessalonica, in 1 and 2 Thessalonians, it's a brand new church. He only was there for three weeks. And he taught them about the rapture of the church. In 1 Thessalonians, in 2 Thessalonians, he talks about the Antichrist and the tribulation to brand new believers. Not believers that have, can look back on 2,000 years of history and know about a Judeo-Christian uh, movement of God throughout the world. So if Paul thought it was so important to talk about things like the rapture, the Antichrist and the tribulation, how much more important is it for us if this is the end times. So Paul never hesitated to speak the gospel, even though his back was ripped open. He continued to preach the gospel. They knew Jesus, and it definitely made a difference. You know Jesus, hopefully, and you'll never be the same again. The best is yet to come. And the people that you will touch, you don't even know yet. They took care of spiritual business. In Romans 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Yes, even in a Philippian dungeon, beaten, uh, back ripped open, Good things still came as a result of this. People got saved. Paul and Silas worshipped the Lord. The great missionary David Livingston summarized the spirit of the Apostle Paul when he said, I am prepared to go anywhere so long as it is forward. And I think that's something that we should have as our battle cry. Lord, whatever you want me to do. Whatever it is, whatever person it is you want me to talk to, whatever situation you want to put me in, Lord, I just want to just prepare my heart, just prepare my mind, my spirit. As long as I'm moving forward and closer and closer to you, Jesus, that's all that matters. All right, let's take a look at Acts 17. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis, 
which was about 30 miles from Philippi and Apollonia. You'll see that up in the map again, which was about 32 miles away. So here you have the two areas right here, about 32 miles from each other. Okay, and there were, here's Philippi. And again, it's about 30 miles. So they're traveling this way right in this area here right now. And remember, this is by foot. And this is taking days. They're not getting in a, a taxi. They're not going in a, a helicopter. Okay, they got to travel by foot. And remember, they're hurting. Their backs are wide open. Okay, they're, they're cut up. They've lost blood. And they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. So Thessalonica was one, what they tried to hit were all the major cities. They were trying to preach the gospel to the most people that they could hit. And of course, along the way, they had pockets of people. But the main thing was to get to these cities. So Thessalonica was a thriving city. And there was a synagogue there. In verse 2, then Paul, as his custom was, went into them. And for three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. What a great thing for you and I to do. Reason with people from the scriptures. Not from philosophy books. Not from comic books. Not from sports books. But from the scriptures. Because those are the only thing, that is the only thing that carries truth. And you can't take something from the scripture and mix it with another philosophy. Whether it's a philosophy of this world or from the Eastern world, you can't mix them together. The word of God stands by itself. And Paul knew that. Silas knew that. And they reason with the Thessalonians from the scriptures. Now the scriptures were the Old Testament scriptures. And again, they didn't have a Bible in their churches, in their synagogues. They didn't have the hundreds of Bibles that are right here. They had parchments that had the first five books of the Bible. And maybe some of the other things like some of the Psalms or Daniel. They didn't have a complete Old Testament. The advantage you and I have to the totality of God's word is precious. We live in such a great time that we have the whole counsel of God's word right at our fingertips, right in our hardcover books or right on, in our phones. They didn't. So they reason from them from the scriptures. They will go into the scriptures Paul would go into the scriptures and show them in the Old Testament where Jesus, the Messiah, was. And explain to them his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his coming again. How that was shown right in the Old Testament. And as I'm thinking, I'm thinking next Wednesday here, we're going to have a Seder up here on the stage. And we're going to have a person, if you've never been here, they're going to show Christ in the Passover Seder. So the Seder was an Old Testament thing that Jews still do today, but you're going to see where Christ is in every aspect of the Passover. Remember the 
two apostles when they're on the road to Emmaus and Jesus uh, walked with them and they didn't recognize Jesus. Jesus went into the scriptures, the Old Testament, to show them himself throughout the Old Testament. If you've never done that, it's such a joy to find Jesus on almost every page of, of the Old Testament. It's exciting. So please don't forget to put that in your date book, the uh, Passover Seder next Wednesday at 7. Um, God wants our faith to be reasonable faith. He doesn't want your faith and my faith to be blind faith. He wants us to have a reason for what we believe. Why do you believe what you believe? Where are the scriptures to back up what you believe? Can you show those things? Can you show people? Here it is. The Logos was God's written word. The Rhema is the specific verses in God's word that deal with what you're going through. Do you and I, do we apply scripture to the things that we're going through? Do we go to that sword of God's word to deal with what we're going through today, mentally or physically or spiritually? That's what God's the value. That's one of the values of the many values of God's word. In verse 3 of Acts 17, it says, Explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, This Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. When you get a chance... Maybe before you fall asleep tonight, read Psalm 22. Just look through it to see the suffering servant. Talking about the Messiah. It's a messianic psalm, Psalm 22. And you can see through Psalm 22 some of the very things that Jesus said on the cross before he died. Most likely, Paul, when he was teaching the Thessalonians, where he was talking about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, he went into the Old Testament. He probably went to Psalm 22. He probably went to Isaiah 53, 12, which says, Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That was from Isaiah 53, talking about a suffering Messiah. You see, and that's where the Jews and even some of the Gentiles missed, missed it in the Old Testament writings. They were looking for a king, an earthly king, that was going to come and establish his rule over the governments of like the Romans. That he was going to set up his throne in Jerusalem. Well he is. But he came for something much more important the first time. And that was for your eternal salvation. My eternal salvation. And all the people that have lived before us. He came to die for 
mankind's sins. When he comes again, he will be that earthly king that many people were hoping he was the first time he came. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, is probably another verse Paul went to with the church at Thessalonica. And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they have pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Here they're mourning for the pierced one, the one who was pierced. Again, messianic, speaking about the coming Savior who would be pierced, who would be beaten for your sins and for mine. Paul, as he's given the gospel to the Thessalonians and reasoning from the scriptures with them, goes to verse 4 in Acts 17. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. So what's taking place? They're receiving Jesus. How are they receiving Jesus? By hearing the good news. By the word being preached. See, it's not the vehicle that carries the word. doesn't matter who's teaching it. It's the word of God that penetrates and changes hearts. It's the working of God's Holy Spirit in each individual who hears God's word. That God starts moving and grabbing and convicting and changing. And notice a great multitude of the devout Greeks. Greeks who were religious, but they didn't know Jesus Christ. Now they're hearing about this God who came to this earth to die for their sins. And a great multitude were persuaded. They became believers. And it says, and not a few of the leading women, meaning many women came. It wasn't just a few. It was many women received the Lord. And they joined Paul and Silas. You know, never get discouraged when you tell somebody about Jesus and his love and his death for their sins and his resurrection. Even if you don't see any results right away, you'll never know. Remember uh, in Luke 8 and Matthew 13, the parable of the sower? Remember, there was those four soils. And it was the last soil that took the lasting root and it bore fruit. We're just told to be faithful where we are. Just spread the seed of the gospel. The good news, Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. He rose from the dead. He's coming back again. You can have a personal relationship with him. If they receive it, awesome. That is tremendous. But don't be discouraged if everyone 
doesn't receive it because it doesn't always happen that way. And that's why you should rejoice like the angels when somebody does walk forward or you lead somebody in a, you know, in your office or in the park or in your, whatever, in your school. It's an act of God. It's a God thing. In Matthew 9, 37 to 38, it says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvests. Into the harvest. You know, servants who go out into the world and will invite people to church, to home Bible studies, have a one-on-one friendship with people. Um, eventually, they're exposing them to God's word. They're giving them a tract. They're giving them an article. They're maybe sending them a, a, a Snapchat or something, whatever, just to have them see something's going on and let God, through his Holy Spirit, grab their hearts. There's no set way to do this. But there is, Lord, just help me to touch somebody's life for you today. Help me to point somebody in your direction. Lord, help me to uh, help others grow in the grace and the knowledge of you. In verse 5 of Acts, chapter 17, But the Jews, who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob... They set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out. Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the degrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, another king Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Well, a mob gathered because there were a bunch of Jews who were not devout, who were envious. And they started a riot. They got a a mob together. I don't know if it was JLM financed by George Soros, but it was definitely something going on, you know, back then. That's very similar to some things that happen today. You know, you get this mob mentality and and they think that that's going to, you know, have an impact on people. So it set the whole city in an uproar. And what they did, they went to Jason who had received the Lord from Paul's preaching. And he had a home church. So they went to this, his house and they sought to bring him and the congregation out. But they didn't find the congregation. So they just dragged, dragged Jason out and some of the uh, people that were there to the rulers of the city. And notice what they said. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. So remember, some of the things that took place in Philippi, those Jews that were up there that were one of the reasons Paul and Silas were beaten came that 30, 40 miles over to Thessalonica to cause problems too 
for these guys who were preaching Jesus. Now, here's two guys led by the Holy Spirit who are actually turning the world right side up, not upside down. The world is already upside down. It takes people like you and me to bring the truth of God's word and his love to try to flip it back, flip it back again. Now, think about this. What we're reading right here is 20 years after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. This is 20 years later that all this has taken place. And the rulers of the city are saying, you know, this Jason has harbored these people that are causing us to riot. Think about that for a second. Jason and his friends aren't causing these riots. It's the rebel rousers, right, that are causing these problems. Just like the mob, right, when Jesus was being tried. Crucify him, crucify him. And all of a sudden, you have everybody jumping on the bandwagon. Things haven't changed, have they? It's amazing. Because the spirit of man is evil. And until they have a regenerated heart, a new heart, put in there by the loving, living Savior, that's always going to happen. It's always going to take place. And that's why we as intercessors should pray for anything that's going on, whether it's good or bad in our society. And notice how they throw in Caesar. They're trying to get those who are loyal to Caesar saying, hey, these guys are preaching another king. But they weren't preaching about an earthly king. They weren't preaching about somebody who wanted to dethrone Caesar. He was speaking of a totally different type of king. A, a heavenly king. One who later on was going to establish his kingship on earth, but right now was there as the king of our souls. The king that was going to save them from an eternal separation from Christ in a hellfire that we looked at Pastor Joe taught about on um, Sunday. Verse 8, chapter 17. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So it really got them revved up. Verse 9. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. So what was taking place now is Jason had a pay a bond. He had to pay security deposit. You know, that he wasn't going to bring about this kind of disturbance anymore, even though he, he was not the cause of it. And once he gave them some money to the politicians, they let him go. Verse 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. So you can see right up there. So here they were in Thessalonica. Now they're coming down to Berea. Berea is about 50 miles from Thessalonica. So you wonder what kind of conference what kind of communication they were having as they traveled. 
wondering, what's Berea going to be like? You know, Philippi was crazy, but we saw God's hand in it. Thessalonica, we were there three weeks in the synagogue. We saw many believers, but still they brought us before the council. Wasn't as bad as Philippi, though. You know, my, my back is starting to feel a little bit better. What's going to happen in Berea? So the congregation sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. So we see Berea has the synagogue also, just like Thessalonica. Verse 11. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. In that they received the word with all readiness. And they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. There's that JLM again. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there in Berea. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. So as we look in our last section tonight, we see that Paul and Silas are led by some of the congregation from Thessalonica to Berea. And they go into the synagogue again, just as Paul's custom was to go uh, preach the gospel through the Old Testament. And notice what happens here, that the Bereans were much more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. And why were they more fair-minded or more noble? We see that here. They received the word with all readiness. Another great place for you and I to be whenever we have a Bible study. To anticipate the teaching of God's word and what God wants to do through his Holy Spirit in you, in me, in your heart, in your spirit. To have a readiness, that anticipation. Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to do now. I can't wait to hear what, what's going to be taught tonight. Just so I know you're going to work on me, Lord, to make me more like you. To send me in the right direction. I'm so glad, Lord, that I don't have all these philosophies of the world that I have to read all these books to figure out my inner me. You already know my inner me. You already know I'm a mess. And you're my heart surgeon that you want to get in there and you want to change and mold me the way only you, my dear God, creator, can do. And notice they search the scriptures. And that word daily means day to day. They search the scriptures day to day. I just want to encourage everybody here. Never skip a day being in the scriptures. You know why? There is so much garbage being pumped into your eyes and ears and heart. You need a continually washing by God's word of your spirit and your heart and your mind. 
We are being brainwashed when we walk away from the scriptures. Our mind is becoming filthy, which will be reflected in our heart and our actions. We need to stay in God's word day after day after day. And like the Bereans, to find out the things that Pastor Vinny, Pastor Joe, Pastor Paul, any elder, any speaker up here, don't believe what we're saying. It's up to you to check the word of God to see if what we're saying is true. There's a lot of charlatans in the pulpits throughout our country and our world. There's a lot of deceivers. There's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. Know the scriptures. Know when something is not being said from the scriptures. Verse 12. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. And again, we just see. A lot of people believed. A lot of people came to know the Lord because the truth was being taught. Verse 13, but when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away again to go to the sea. Both Paul, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. They remained there in the house church. They were there teaching, encouraging, opening up the scriptures, having their Bible studies, having their worship time. And the church grew in Berea. You know, we have a group here of uh, the, the young adults and millennials, you know, the Berean room. It's a Q&A where we search the scriptures to answer their questions. It's invaluable. We do it here once a month, the Q&A with the adults. To take your questions and search the scripture to see if what we're saying is true. Yeah, there it is. The rhema. The rhema of God. The word of God that's specific for situations. So those who brought Paul or conducted Paul brought him to Athens, which is about 200 miles away now. That's a long journey this time. He's going all the way down there. And part of that way doesn't have the Roman roads anymore that we talked about early in the book of Acts. The Roman road went for thousands of miles throughout the Roman Empire. There were parts of this trip down to Athens that didn't have the Aegean Way or the Roman road. So there was a group of people that went with Paul as uh, company and his protection. And when they got Paul to Athens, he asked them to go back and send for Silas and Timothy to come to him right away. So when they left Athens to go back up to Berea, that was their goal, the congregation, the guys who travel with Paul, to get uh, Silas and Timothy to come back down. So we're going to stop there right now, but I think one of the things that as I just up here teaching, I was just thinking how important it is for all of us to keep our face in the book, the real Facebook, the biblical Facebook, to stay there, to um, study God's word, not just to read it. To What does that mean? Uh, you know, you look at the distance a Paul and a Silas and a Timothy and a Luke and other guys um, traveled 
to bring that message to strangers, to parts of the world that, you know, probably none of us will get to in this lifetime. But where does God want you to go and me to go? It might be right to the person that's next to you or behind you. It could be to your son, daughter, mother, father. It could be to a co-worker. It could be to a stranger that you meet sometime tomorrow. That's why it's important that we um, digest God's word. So we are walking in his footsteps as we go places. And then he will present those opportunities for us to encourage, to pray for. And maybe the greatest privilege is to lead somebody to a knowledge of someone they really don't know about. There's a lot of religious people in the world, but there's not a lot of people who have a relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we just thank you. And if there's anybody here tonight or anybody on uh, the Internet that doesn't have that relationship with you and would like that, we're just going to say a prayer that they would um, start that journey with you now and, and see where that brings them throughout their lifetime. So if you're home or you're here and you never received Jesus, it's real simple. Just uh, say this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I know that you came and died on a cross to pay for my sins. Jesus, I just want to follow you. I don't want to follow my way anymore. Forgive me my sins. I'm sorry. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a hunger for your word, for people. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer um, and you're here, we'll give you a Bible, get you started on your journey with Jesus. And if you're on uh, the internet, there's a number on the screen. Just call that number and we'll send it out to you. Every generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages. In addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to www.cccrossfields.org where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless.